Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Donald John Trump dominates in Iowa. Historic win. Gets 51%. He wins by almost 30 percentage points. No one has done that before. Man who knows the Iowa caucuses and knows presidential politics, Minnesota politics, and this frequent guest on the show, the former governor of the state of Minnesota, Tim Pawlenty, is here. Can I start with a non-political question first? Of course, Ted. Uh, uh, Susie Jones is our news person here, and uh, Susie's uh, trying to stay fit and trim. And I had a salad for lunch, and like 10 minutes after I had the lunch, I'm hungry. So I'm trying to get Susie, I'll buy, she'll fly to go over to Hen House and get a chocolate treat, and we'll share it. She's mad at me for bugging her when she's trying to stay fit and trim, and I'm trying to bring her happiness, along with the benefit to me that I get it. Um, Am I wrong or am I right? Well, my wife, Mary, who's with me in the car at the moment, has a podcast that she listens to. And one of the things they cover on that podcast is how to deal with food bullies who try to push food on you that you don't want or you don't like. And so among your many other titles in your portfolio, you are now Chet Hartman, food bully. I'm a football. Uh, Dave Harrigan knows there's some truth to that, too. A lot of truth. There's a lot of truth, because I'll say. Hey, how about we each get a hot chocolate? What do you think about that? You know, and yeah, well, see, you know, there's food pushers out there, man. They just they come on. You know, I've I've tried to eat more healthy as I've gotten older, and yeah. sometimes I will eat food that I don't even want just to be sociable and polite. But yeah. boy, those food bullies, and you're not one of them, Chad. I hate to say it, but like, man, look in the mirror. Thanks a lot. I should say, you know, I, Chad Hartman, will no longer be a food bully. I'll, I'll add that. Like, have you honestly ever had a weight issue in your life? Yeah, you know, I weigh 177 pounds now. When I was governor and eating buffet food and you know, eating junk food on the road every day. Uh, I was up over 200. And I wouldn't say, you know, it was a major problem, but it was concerning. And uh, it affected, definitely affected my health overall. But now I've got a little more time on my hands to eat better and, you know, prepare meals and exercise more. So that helps. I would say you and Mary should go have a dessert somewhere. I mean, it would just, it would just bring you a little bit of joy, but I am, I am, I am, I am the food bully. Okay. Last time we tell Susie that uh, HR is just down the hallway on the right. At Odyssey. I mean, we're bankrupt. We probably don't even have have a HR (laughs) anymore. Um, Okay. You said last time we chatted, unless there's a significant unexpected event, you fully expect Donald Trump 
to be the Republican nominee. Um, it was, no matter if you love him or hate him, sir, winning by basically 30 points and getting 51%, they've never been done before. How much credit does he deserve? And how much emphasis should we put on this victory? Because the counterpoint people would say is, I was become a very conservative state. It's, it's really a, not a diverse state. And only 110,000 people voted. Where do, you, where do you stand on those two ends of the spectrum of the conversation? Yeah, well, first of all, the news out of the Iowa caucus is there is no news coming out of the Iowa caucuses. It unfolded exactly, almost exactly, as everyone predicted and knew was going to happen. Maybe it varied by a couple percentage points. But the point is, it affirms, again, Trump's commanding position in the Republican Party and among Republican primary voters, especially in caucus attendees as well. So I don't want to say it was a shoulder shrug or a yawn because it's more important than that, but it simply affirms what we already knew. And by the way, um, even if, say, Nikki Haley, who I like and respect and hope she does well in this race, wins New Hampshire, what happens next? I mean, Trump's 20 points ahead in her home state of South Carolina. And then the other states come fast and furious, and a lot of them are southern states, and guess what? Trump is going to win those states. So uh, absent, it goes back to what we said earlier, absent some unbelievable existential series of events, Trump's going to be the nominee. Yeah, I I was making a very similar point about Haley earlier. Uh, There was polling last night about Nikki Haley, and she had a high percentage of individuals who in exit polling said if they didn't vote for her, they would vote for Biden over Trump. Those aren't the folks who are going to be voting in, in South Carolina and other conservative states. And I'm with you. I, my guess is Trump wins a close race in New Hampshire. But if she wants to build any momentum towards an upset and then she loses decisively in this state where individuals know her best, that ends any momentum right there. Well, here's another uh, non-obvious point, Chad. There's going to come a day in the not-too-distant future where DeSantis drops out of this race. These candidates don't drop out until they run out of money. He's running out of money. So he's not going to be around much longer. But when he drops out, guess where his votes are going? Yep. Most of them. They're, not, they're, they're probably going to Trump. And so, again, I, I, I really like and respect Nikki Haley. I think she'd be a great nominee. I think she'd be a great president. But uh, Trump's going to be the nominee. If right now... You were going to vote for one of the three. Is Haley the one you would vote for? Uh, yes. Yep. If if it's Donald Trump versus Joe Biden, will you hesitate at all on who you're voting for? Uh, I'll hesitate, and I may write somebody in. I don't know. <laughs> we'll yeah. see how this unfolds. But, you know, I voted for Trump in the past, so it's not uh, – but, but <laughs> we're in a really weird situation, and, you know, we, we everybody – I think the more interesting question is between – the, the strange predicament we find is not what is it about Biden or what is it about Trump? But I think we got to start asking the question, what is it about us that leads us to these two choices? OK, I'm asking that question. What we have now, the passion and the enthusiasm for Trump supporters is much higher than the enthusiasm of, of, of Biden voters. But you also have a lot of people in this country who are more wary of Trump than they are Biden. I mean, you still have plenty of Democrats. I mean, the guy has a 33% approval rating. So it's not like he's, he's starring right now. But why are we in this position 
when for the, let's say, 60 to 70 percent of the middle of the country, somewhere center right, center left, and almost all of them are saying, these are our two choices. How do we get here? So how do we avoid this? How are we better? I would prefer immediately, but how are we better moving forward in, in upcoming presidential elections? Well, a few things. One is, remember, no labels may put a third-party candidate into this mix and change the dynamics. And even if that candidate doesn't win, he or she may take votes away, you know, disproportionately from one side or the other and tip the election in an unexpected way. So that that's something that's coming up that, that could be, if not an existential event, at least a, in, uh, you know impactful event. And as to your question, I think we have to stop making excuses for the fact that, you know, Biden's old and frail and and trump is you know goofy whatever whatever we want to assign and say the the honest truth is politics reflects our culture and you got a big chunk of the country on the right and center right you know 40 to 50 percent of them they're in a trumpy mood and they support trumpy uh issue perspectives and on the left they tolerate biden but let's face it they really want somebody even more liberal and in my view goofy uh and so these are reflections of who we are, at least half of the population on each side of who we are. So, you know, Biden and Trump have become sort of comical characters, almost, you know, comic level, cartoon level people at some level. But more seriously and less obviously is, does it really just reflect who who we are? Yeah. And I think, sadly, the answer is yes. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It, it has to, to some degree. You know, like I said, the 60, 70 percent, I sometimes wonder if I'm overestimating that number. So let, let's stay with the third party idea. Remind folks, former Governor Tim Pawlenty is kind enough to join us and giving us great insight as always. It does seem like Robert Kennedy Jr. is in the race and and he has this cross section of followers where on on a lot of social issues, he's well left to center. But on a lot of the vaccine and other conspiracy talk, which I personally believe has very little credibility, credibility at all. That's more to the right side. But he he's going to garner some votes. Let's say if no labels, let's say Joe Manchin ran 
with another Republican of some prominence. They're not going to win, but they could play a part. Would either one of those get us any closer to another party emerging over the next few election cycles? I think what it's probably going to, and I think the answer is, history answers that as no. Yep. You know, there's there's no actual historical evidence or even anything close to it that would suggest, notwithstanding all of what you've described, notwithstanding everybody saying they want to be more reasonable candidates, there's no sustainable marketplace or platform for a third party candidate yet in America. I think that could change if somebody very famous, very populist and very wealthy and reasonable got into the race uh, or a future race. Uh, but that person has not yet appeared. Let me get to a couple of Minnesota issues. Uh, Pat Garofalo announced today that he's not running for re-election. He started out supporting you. That's uh, that's how he entered politics. Uh, what do you want to say about Representative Garofalo and walking away? The G-Force is my nickname for him. He is a great guy. I've known him a long, long time. And he's just a no BS, you know, what you see is what you get person. And he's also talented, and he's been there a long time. But, you know, the place is frustrating. He wants to get things done. He's practical. He's pragmatic. And I'm sure he's at a point where, particularly if he has to look at continuing to serve in the minority when you don't have a lot of, you know, final decision-making authority, um, he just had enough. And I would say he has served Minnesota extremely well. He's a talented person and can do a lot of stuff. We're lucky to have had him in the legislature and I wish he had even a bigger political future. He's a he's a decent, he's a wonderful person, but he's also just a very pragmatic public servant. And I wish we had a lot more like him. So let me let me stay with that. And I'm not doubting that on both sides of the aisle, we still have some quality individuals who have who've made this decision to get involved in public service when a lot of them could have a great deal of success privately. But when you look at what is taking place or what is not taking place, do you worry if we have the right people on either side of the aisle who are now committed to politics, committed to getting things done, as opposed to maybe they're more committed to just one or two issues and they're not flexible and they're not willing to work in any way with either with the opposite side? Uh, Yes, I worry about that a lot, Chad, and I would add to that, we're getting more and more people involved in politics who have done less and less before they got there in in the real world with real skills, real experiences, real judgment, real wisdom, real lessons learned. And so you see, I won't name names, but, you know, city councils or county boards or even in the legislature or beyond, people making decisions about large, complicated enterprise, budget issues, policy issues, you know, healthcare issues, you know, you got issues dealing with how capital in, in our society forms and gets deployed and to, you know, people take risk and how they invent and how they innovate and on and on and on. And you have increasing numbers of policymakers who don't know jack crap about any of it. <laughs> and they come as activists, they come as, you know, yep. people with very, very thin life backgrounds and they make big yep. decisions that impact the rest of us. Well, and let me talk about this, too. Obviously, the state flag and, and replacing the state flag and the design and, and the final selection became a topic I honestly thought was too big of a topic in town. I, I was stunned at how angry people were about it, and, and I might have even stunned how passionate they were, but a flag has been selected, 
And now David Hahn, another person you know well, was the GOP chair. They're, they're challenging this. They're pushing back on the flag. I just look at this and say the Republican Party has been battling upstream, as you have articulated many times, on statewide races for a long time. They're battling financial issues. To me, get things done, figure out a plan, get more people on your side, as opposed to appealing to the small part of your base who thinks the new state flag is basically the ruination of the state of Minnesota. Yeah, and I, uh, and I cut out there, Chad, can you still hear me? Yeah, I got you fine. Gotcha. Yeah, and on the state flag, you know, it's, it is literally and figuratively symbolic, and it's easy for people to get their brains around. And, you know, I don't love the new flag particularly, but it's not the, the leading issue facing Minnesota. So I agree with you on, on everything you said. I do think, you know, Minnesota is a blue place. And if the Republicans want to win, be different if you lived in, you know, Oklahoma or you lived in, you know, Alabama or someplace where it's all red and you can just appeal to the base and you get elected just because you have an R behind your name. But in Minnesota, you got to get all the Republicans and a bunch of independents and even some Democrats to win statewide. And they haven't figured out yep. the math yet. They'd rather throw people overboard of their own ship than invite people on the ship. And until we get to that point of the Republican Party, at least in statewide elections, there's going to be a minority party. Now, that being said, I will also say the Democrats are, are overplaying their hand. And they think everybody wants to live in a place like uh, the city of San Francisco. And most of America doesn't. Mm-hmm. I agree. Pushing the, yep. We all want to be like San Francisco stuff. And that by itself will self-correct over time. I take parts of San Francisco, not all of it. We're very good at editing. And I heard you uh, in part of that answer saying, I agree with everything you said. Dave, can we just cut this up? What does Tim Pawlenty <laughs> think about Chad Hartman overall? And just says, I agree with everything he said, right? And we, I we think we lost that. that part, sorry. Oh, we lost that yeah, part. Isn't that interesting? Too bad. We lost that part. Okay, last thing, non-politics also. Emmys were last night, a number of shows won. Tell me the last uh, couple shows that you and Mary have watched that maybe even you binged and that uh, both of you really enjoyed. Yeah, so first of all, I saw the still picture in the Star Tribune of the cheer set, the cheer yeah. cast along, around that bar. That made me smile and warm my heart because it brought back some some nice memories. I've met a few of those characters al- along the road. Um, Mary and I have cut the cable, and we are streaming almost everything. And our current series we're watching is Homeland. And, uh, you know, we did watch uh, Black. the whole Blacklist. went on for years and years and years. That used to be on linear television, as they say now, on streaming. Yep. Uh, but we tend to like the spy drama, whodunit kind of shows. But uh, those are two we're watching. Next, we're going to Fargo, by the way, which I'm told is worth watching. Uh, if you're looking for a spy one, Slow Horses on uh, Apple horse. with uh, Gary Oldman. They're these misfits who um, they did something with the MI5 where they're positioned out of it, but they tangentially work with it. Three seasons, spy-related. It's very, very good. It's worth your time. Love it. Love it. Okay, stop being a food bully and uh, <laughs> I tell will. Susie you're sorry and all will be well. I might not say I'm sorry, but I will stop being a food bully, at least for the next 25 minutes. Thank you, sir. Drive safe, and we'll reach out again soon. Okay, thanks, Chad. Bye-bye. He's excellent. Simple as that. The former governor of the state of Minnesota, Tim Pawlenty, here on CCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.